Hey guys, welcome back to Carol's Coffee House. How are y'all doing today? I'm doing well. Joe got me a ruby red grapefruit seltzer water, so I'm pretty happy. Jenna, how are you? Oh, we have a guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excellent. It's had like a super long work week, so I don't think I've been this excited for a Sunday in a while. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what that means? The shop is closed on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very happy not to be there. I like it, but... <laughs> I have a, it's too late in the day for coffee, so I have some Sprite with a little splash of cranberry juice. Oh, is that a mocktail? It is a mocktail. Jenna and I are in a book club together. Yeah, with a few of our Catholic Twitter friends. So that's the coolest thing. <laughs> it, really is. it really is. It's one of my favorite. I just, I love our book club. It's, it's really I really cool. do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, so that's how I know Jenna and how we got we got connected so and so. I know Jenna through Catholic Twitter yep <laughs> actually I know you through Kevin <laughs> I know you both of you through Kevin <laughs> okay. well and then it was funny with this one too because nobody I mean obviously you talk with your sister but I had never talked to Kevin or anybody I didn't even know who was all going to be in the book club until our first meeting and I hadn't even talked to Kevin in real, like in person at all. And so, yeah, that first one, and I'm sure like the first couple were just kind of like, kind of weird. Well, he's an introvert. Yeah. 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 Once we got, once we got to know each other, then it was all. Yeah. Now we spend like the most of it just talking and we're like, yeah. we should probably get to that book. <laughs> yeah. We should probably, we should probably talk about the book. Yeah, sometimes we have game nights, so that's super yeah, fun. Great. Speaking so, of introverts, you know, I didn't realize that I was an introvert until last year. <laughs> so that is actually, and I can I can believe that because you are you have such a bubbly personality, and that really shows through. <laughs> I think that can be true for some introverts. It's not about being social. Mm-hmm. It's or how social you are, how outgoing. It's where you get your energy from. You are very social. You have such a, a, a bubbly personality and you're really easy to talk to. And so I can see where someone might be surprised that you're an introvert, but. Um, but even she was surprised that she was an introvert. <laughs> right. So even though where that, yeah. like, where she got yeah. her energy from. <laughs> Including yourself, yeah. Yeah, it's a surprise to me as well. And it was the lockdown thing. I'm like, I'm not dying. Hmm. <laughs> This must mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking that you, like, that was like when you realized like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> like, this is okay. You, actually, you might be an ambivert. I don't know. I don't know. I, what do you guys think about the whole ambivert thing? I don't know if that's really a thing. I think. Or if it's like an I'm not sure thing. <laughs> or I know that like, there's the hard introvert and hard extrovert. Maybe and you can be somewhere kind of more like in the middle. I think I'm like you're an ambivert. Yeah. I'm just outgoing. Maybe you're just in the, like, you might be in the middle, because you, you are, you're very, you're very outgoing. I would never peg you as an, um, as an am- ambivert. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I feel like Maura, you're a hard extrovert. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, just- I'm not. I am not a hard extrovert. I get very, like, 
Do you need I mean, your, like, they, your me time? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And even like with Game of Favorites, I don't always talk in the chat. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. observe. Because sometimes I just need company. Sometimes that's different, need- though, to type instead of because in the after parties, I know the ones that I've been to that you've also been to, you talk a lot. So. I feel, and the thing is that I actually feel so insecure about how much I talk. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> that's not, I think that is part of an extrovert thing is to be insecure about how much you're talking. I couldn't I say. Apparently, I'm not one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm not, there are times, especially when I'm with a group of people and it's a large group of people, like you're a more assertive speaker. Mora, than than I sometimes and and I so believe it or not I used to be very shy Me when too. I was younger and so I I am more comfortable like maybe sitting back a little bit most of the time like I'll I'll interject in the conversation and everything but when there are a lot of people like when you're in a group of people and there are individuals who are more comfortable just like talking back and forth. It's hard. It's hard for me to like assert myself in there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people are like, "Hey, hey, your sister is trying to say something. Can you give her a chance? Like, you just gotta jump in. Blink <laughs> 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 her and get in there." <laughs> yeah. No, I think I just I used to not be this way because I used to be very. I lacked a lot of self confidence, mm. and. I traveled solo to Ireland and then doing that traveling solo for the first time, you kind of have to get over a lot of insecurity mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you're like, you just gain a lot of self-confidence. You're just like, okay, if I can do that, I can do anything. Cause that was the first time I ever flew anywhere and that was solo. So yeah. then just like kind of like traveling across a country by myself. And then I came home and it was like, well, if I can do that, I can basically do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you have to, like, test yourself and see that you can do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was terrified. I was terrified. Well, yeah, because you had mentioned a while ago that the first time you traveled on a plane was an international trip to Ireland by yourself. Yes. That would terrify me. <laughs> and I have uh. a decent experience in traveling. And even now, like to try and travel internationally by myself, unless there is someone waiting for me on the other side. Well, I did have somebody waiting on the other side. But still, <laughs> but still, you'd never been on a plane before. I'm, that's true. I, and I also kept it, the traveling a secret. I didn't tell people. I told like, like six people that I was going. Well, shall we, shall we head into our espresso shot for the week? Yeah, okay. I think we should. Our espresso shot today comes from St. Catherine of Siena. Yes. And she says, I love. I, know, <laughs> I love her. And this is a good one. She says, and of what should we be afraid? Our captain on this battlefield is Christ Jesus. We have discovered what we have to do. Christ has bound our enemies for us and weakened them that they cannot overcome us unless we so choose to let them. So we must fight courageously and mark ourselves with the sign of the most holy cross. I'm, I'm picturing a ship right now traveling through the night with stormy weather and like waves like crashing on it. 
Yeah. And like over the railing and stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like basking in it. <laughs> yeah. Same here. <laughs> like silently appreciating doesn't really work on a podcast. <laughs> I'm deeply appreciating this quote because I, like, I love Catherine of Siena. And this is like one thing that she talks about a lot, how the, um, all the power really lies. Like, like we're, you know, we're tempted and everything, but that's just all the power that the devil has is to suggest. So it's really a matter of what you choose. Mm-hmm. You're the, the gatekeeper, you know? Yeah. yeah. I really like how it, it says, the line where it says, Christ has bound our enemies for us and weakened them that they cannot overcome us unless we so choose to let them. They cannot overcome us. And I think that it's, it's kind of funny when you think about it, like Christ has won. Yeah. He's won. He has overcome death. He has overcome our sin by his death. And the evil one can still bring us down if we, le- but that has to be our choice. If we, if we yeah. are constantly choosing Christ, then he continues to lose, mm-hmm. but he's lost. Yeah. The ultimate battle is one. The only thing left is to decide which side of it we're on. Yeah, something that I'm thinking about is like my enemies are the thoughts that tell me I can't do things or tell me that I haven't accomplished enough or that I'm not where I wanted to be in life or, oh, you're not going to get where God wants is willing you to be. So it's like my own, but I guess that's like the devil in the, like the devil in my thoughts because those are not, those aren't thoughts from God. Mm-hmm. I guess that's like my, those thoughts are my enemies. And then it's like, I had to like fight them. I had to do daily battle with them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he plays dirty too, you know? Oh, so dirty. <laughs> He's so sneaky. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's really hard sometimes when you're going about your day-to-day life and you know, yeah, those thoughts that come in, you know, whether it's insecurity, whether it's just maybe uncharitable thoughts. Mm-hmm. God knows I have plenty of those. But mm-hmm. <laughs> or they use yeah. like a Catherine thing, a selfish self-love. Yeah. And he's not afraid to use the things, our weaknesses. He's not afraid to use our insecurities, our weak points against us. Yeah. He's always mm-hmm. trying to find that chink in the armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's actually something I pray for after conf- after all my confessions, after my penance, I pray for God to give me strength and to put on armor for me. Mm-hmm. Like, please give me your armor. So I'm like, can- take me now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's what I pray before I confession. I'm like, can you please just like end this? <laughs> Have you like Okay, so I have prayed for like, please take my free will. I don't need it. <laughs> like, I like, <laughs> like stupid things that are bad for me. Can you please just? I want what you want, but like my free will, like it, it does not want you all the time. Can you please yeah. just like get rid of this? So I'm like, okay, no, I, that's like a part of loving God is having to choose to overcome that and love Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without free will, it doesn't love. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? <laughs> I know free will is such a tricky thing, mm-hmm. but we don't, yeah, we don't want to be a, we don't want to be a puppet. Yeah. And I know like, you know, once you just kind of like, 
express something that you're feeling that's like a negative feeling that you're having in life or whatever and then someone tells you like they try to help you poorly and then you're just like you want and then there's me and I'm like I feel like they're my enemy but then I'm also my own enemy by wanting to like bite their head off Ah. (laughs) and be like shut up I already know this go like (laughs) you actually think that saying that would help me (laughs) So like those kind of situations where I'm just like, okay, because I recently shared something about how I deal with jealous. I was dealing with jealousy with my married friends posting pictures of their babies and loving families. And I'm like, I, I want that. <laughs> and then someone's like, grad school is such a huge accomplishment. You should be proud of yourself. God gives everyone their own journey. I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> this was literally like, I know all this. I actually posted this just to be relatable and for other people to know that they weren't alone. Mm. so I I did not bite their head off I was just like hey I didn't I just need kind of like like, when you say this is bad and someone says it could be worse and you're like yes but this is still bad yeah yeah because people (laughs) were saying like nod and agree that this is bad (laughs) yeah and I had a friend ask me okay this is like we're trying to help you how what's a better way to help you and I'm like honestly say like yeah I get it Mm. and she was like oh noted (laughs) (laughs) when that last line where she says so we must fight courageously and mark ourselves with the sign of the most holy cross it kind of makes me it brings to mind the verse in the bible put on the armor of god Mm -hmm. (laughs) put on the armor of light especially when they're talking about the battlefield at the beginning of of the quote yeah putting on the armor the armor of christ yeah it makes me think of the um the the entryway into hell and the divine comedy uh, the inferno and all the people there i was just listening to a podcast about it because i want to get back into it i need to read purgatory purgatory still and they're saying like they chase around this banner and there's nothing on the banner it could be anything so they're just chasing around this blank thing because they didn't choose a side so, yeah, you have to sign yourself with the cross. You have to choose to be on on that side of the battle, that whole, like, nation, two armies, yeah. obviously in two cities thing. You have to make a choice. Yeah. Or else you'll chase anything. Well, moving on to, <laughs> to our discussion. You know, um, I was actually listening to your to your podcast, um, the first episode (laughs) (laughs) about the forgotten demographic, and I realized, like, oh my gosh, this is actually a thing that like other people experience. This whole like, you know, the 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 waiting game and everything. I kind of thought that I was like, it's kind of stupid to admit that I kind of thought that it was like a, a rare thing that people felt like their lives were on hold until until they found X, Y, or Z, something basically like out of your control until you found your vocation or whatever. Mm. But, but when I was listening to that episode, I thought like, well, you know, that kind of maybe feeds into it a little bit, feeling like you don't have a place because then you're like, well, I don't have a community, so I need to be in that situation. So it makes you more anxious, I guess, about mm-hmm. the fact that you're not there yet, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really easy to fall into that without realizing it. But, okay, this is going to be maybe a strange analogy, but 
Did you ever see the Harry Potter movies? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in the Harry Potter world, the paintings, the art in the wizarding world, uh, the paintings, the people in them can move around, right? They, mm-hmm. The pictures, the portraits move mm-hmm. within the painting. And they, sort of and they like can talk. And, yeah. they, they talk. They can talk. They can also go through and to yes. different other paintings, yes. right? Yes. And so I have kind of pictured my life, if I am a piece of art, if I'm one of these paintings in the wizarding world, for me, I am an individual. I am, I am a portrait. I can go into, like everyone has their own painting and it's a setting and it can be a setting and it's just like it kind of sums up their life where they are. And so every day I go from my painting and I go to my nanny family's painting and I get to be a part of that painting. I can go there, I take care of the girls, I do what I do, but it's not my painting. It's not mine. That's not where I belong. Oh, this that's is just perfect. Where, yeah, that's just where I go. And so, um, and I can go into a lot of different other paintings, you know, my, my family's painting, you know, when I spend time with them, I can go to my friend's paintings, you know, and, but like, you can go from painting to painting, but my painting is really just me. It's just a portrait. And there's this desire to have a scene, you know, like you can go into it, different kinds of scenes and be a part of it. But when you go back to your own painting, it's just, it's just you. And maybe there's, you know, other things. It's not just a portrait of you sitting there, but there's not really other people. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you want, if I want to have a family scene, I don't have that right now for mm-hmm. my own. I'm just, I'm just me. It's just me and my painting. And I think there's that desire to have my own scene. This is me. This is where I belong. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I'm a visual thinker, so I'm like literally visualizing that <laughs> in my head. Yeah. I'm like, picturing you at the beach. Yeah. That's where your portrait is. <laughs> I'll be at the beach, probably drinking coffee. <laughs> but but yeah. I think there's like everyone has their desire like when they picture their lives they picture a scene of what they yeah. ultimately want and it can be frustrating when your portrait when your painting doesn't look like that yet mm-hmm. and it can be really easy you can to get caught up on the things that aren't in your picture and then mm-hmm. all of the beautiful things that are yeah. yeah there's a temptation I think maybe to be I'll just be a portrait until I find the pieces that fall together to make mm-hmm. my scene and you yeah. wait you wait but you just kind of sit in your portrait until that happens and that mm-hmm. can take a long time and that's yeah but of- see the thing is you're an animated portrait I think that you can like change your own scene <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. you're not like a still life you you have yeah. yeah you have power to choose mm-hmm. the beauty and to increase it and I saw somebody on Twitter say that it's like our calling or well at least the, the calling of artists is what she was saying to increase the sum total of beauty in the world. And I don't think that that just applies to creative types. I think that that really, that everybody can do that by the way that they live their lives. Like, um, like when you think about the lives of the saints, how they increase the sum total beauty in the world by their, their joy and their faith and their witness. Like no matter what the circumstances were, like especially when it's like really difficult, like someone's dying terribly of some horrible disease, you know, they still have this joy about them because 
they have like the long view, you know, they see the, what actually matters in the long run. Yeah. But I think one of the things that made it, I guess, hard for me to see that that was a thing that other young adults were going through is that I don't know many other young adults. Like my uh, book club at my church is largely like retired age people. Mm. <laughs> well, my love, like like one of my best friends is, is in my book club, uh, Margaret. I really love her. Yeah, so if you can't, if you're not like talking with other people, you kind of, you feel like that isolated portrait who's the only, the only one feeling that. And um, yeah, but kind of think of it as like the Rapunzel fallacy. You know that song? Have you guys seen Rapunzel? Tangled Rub. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite one. She's like, when will my life begin? Like, and I'm just thinking like, like it's a biological fact that your life began at conception. And it's also just a regular fact. <laughs> it's been going on this whole time. <laughs> wow, that's just, I'm like, I just like have so many thoughts that I'm just like, oh yeah. Like we're all just like sitting here thinking. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in like I said earlier, it's so easy to fall into that waiting period mm-hmm. where you're just, yeah, you're just waiting. Mm-hmm. In the book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, it talks all about, you know, the places you'll go and sometimes you'll be really high and then sometimes you'll be really low. And then, but it does talk about the waiting place uh. and it talks about how people are just there waiting and everyone is just waiting. You know, it's really easy to, to stay there, just waiting. But the book, mm-hmm. the narrator says, no, that is not the place for you. This like makes me think about when you're in the Zoom waiting room and you're <laughs> waiting for it to be opened up and you, you could just sit there and just stare at your screen and be waiting. Or you could be doing other things until you're let in. Although yeah. we're not being like waiting to be let in. We're just like, it's all just, like the waiting part of entering the Zoom room. And then you don't have to just be staying there forever and be like, okay, when is this going to happen? You can be dishes. actively waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the point in life that we're all at. It's supposed to be like actively waiting. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, not just sitting there. I always feel like I'm not doing enough with my life whenever I, Jenna, whenever I see you post about like going for like a bike ride or something or like reading by like the water. And I'm just like, why am I not doing these things? <laughs> that, see, that was so the thing. <laughs> that was the thing. Like, I think of it as like the, the dumbest revelation that I've ever had. I was like feeling really low once. And I'm like, man, if I had everything in my life, you know what I would do on a Saturday, like my ideal Saturday, I would have a blanket out on the grass under a tree, I'd be reading some poetry, husband, kids, all this jazz, and we would eat like a packed lunch, and it'd be like stupendous. And like, you get caught up on the parts that you don't have, mm-hmm. and that you can't actually control, because it's in the hands of Providence. And, but then I realized, like, I, I have, I have a park, and I have a blanket. And there are trees there. And I have a book. And, yeah. So I went. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's when I saw you posting that. That's when I thought to myself, I can have fun by myself. <laughs> you can live beautifully. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need to wait for a boyfriend. I can do these things. Yeah. I actually really like date nights with myself because then I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. I treat um, myself real nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it really like like and it's it could be like turn into self-care like real easily and you could like fall into that whole selfish self-love thing where you're just like well I'm gonna do what I want to do because it makes me happy to not just to do the things that you enjoy because life isn't just about enjoyment and entertainment and everything Mm -hmm. it's about you know there is an end it's attaining your end living alive and dying alive yeah so it's not just about doing the things that you like to do it's doing the good that you love and yet somehow you don't do like going to confession more regularly like sometimes you know going to confession can seem like a chore or it can make you anxious but you should be going at least once a month <laughs> and I actually um, had the chance starting last year to start doing something that I've been wanting to do which is going twice a month and because of my work schedule I have every other Saturday which means I can go twice a month mm-hmm. and um yeah, so, but actually, like, doing it, actually doing the good that that you recognize or, like, getting up at the crack of dawn so that you actually have time to save the morning office. Because, like, you can love the liturgy of the, of the, you know, the office, but if you don't do it, what does it matter? <laughs> like, you're just, you're just a fan. You're not actually loving it if you're not doing the thing that you love. That's true. So it's also choosing the hard good things. I think it's really easy, especially, you know, like what you were saying earlier, Jenna, about, oh, if I only had this, or if I only had that, you get, you get sort of like a tunnel vision. Yeah. And you can't, and instead of seeing what you have around you, like sometimes there's a lot of beauty that can be found in the mundane. Yeah. But when you're focused on those missing pieces, or when you're focused on thinking about what could be it's good. It's good to be hopeful. It's mm-hmm. good to have dreams, I guess, and what working toward what you want. But if that's your, but that's what you're focused on so much that you fail to see what's immediately around you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can miss out on a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like a really smart guy told me goals. And I think also hopes are signposts. You're supposed to, yeah, they, they guide your choices. You're still supposed to be making choices, though, and then living your life, not just for that that end thing until it happens, but along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've noticed is that when I'm always focused on the end, like the goal, once I get there, all I can think about, I can't, I can't enjoy the goal when I get there. I'm always looking for the next goal. So I've had to like teach myself to be more present and be like, Am I enjoying the ride? Am I being aware of the blessings that are happening now on the way to the end game? Yeah. Because I realized how unsettled I am as a person. I'm like, oh, I need to like just feel settled and content and not just like, oh, complacent, but just, okay, my life isn't where I thought it would be at this point. 
But how about I stop counting other people's blessings that have what I'm looking for to have and that I wish I had and think, okay, what do I have? I, and I wonder if maybe sometimes we are encouraged that if we're not satisfied with something in our life, then we need to be the ones to change it. Or there's mm-hmm. just this constant mentality to go and do and accomplish and work hard. And those are good things to do. But I think when that's, when that's what all of our life becomes is just this constant need for more and more and more. You lose, I think sometimes you can lose sight of the more important things in life. Mm-hmm. What, I, what is coming to mind right now is the movie Click. First he, he uses fast button. forward through annoying stuff or something. Right, he has this remote that can fast forward through different parts of his life that's maybe annoying. And he starts fast forwarding. He, he decides to focus on his career rather than family moments. And it takes him down this road where he ends up like losing his family. Yeah, that's yeah. an issue I've had in life is wanting to fast forward. Well, like God has willed that you be like where you are. And you don't like, like we can say like why, but you know, in your heart of hearts, you know why, because he loves you and all of his... Um, all of God's reasons boil down to the fact that, that, that it's good for our soul in some way. You know, his ways are higher than our ways and all of that. So, <laughs> but like, and like in the end, when you get to heaven, I think, I think I read this somewhere. It's going to be one of the constellations is that you'll get to see why it was that way and how it, how it all had to play out in such mm-hmm. a way and that it was good for your soul that you, that you suffered or that you had, maybe a longer waiting period than you thought you would or yeah but it's all for your good yeah yeah because you know I was actually um my other book club back when we were still together had to break up the band uh we were talking about about the will of God and suffering and everything and I actually drove past one of those lottery billboards like 88 million dollars and I was thinking like you realize like how easily had like money problems like how easily it could be fixed like for god to just give you a winning lottery ticket like yes you have to buy the ticket but like that's that's nothing to him <laughs> i'm like well why doesn't he then it's like because there's something in this in that struggle or whatever that that is beneficial to your soul somehow and his care it doesn't always i think look how we want it to look because we we see things differently because we mm-hmm. have like almost like a shorter attention span, you know, (laughs) because we get caught up in the, in the momentary discomforts and things and we miss the big picture. Yeah. I think that that reminds me of that picture of um, somebody getting hit by a rock and then it's like, God, why don't you protect me? And then there's Jesus standing there with his arms out. It's like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Oh, sorry. I missed one. Because sometimes I do look forward to the end and seeing, okay, why? And what were you preventing happening that was going to be bad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I like to joke. I, a few years ago, I used to joke that, like, my future husband's probably, like, in seminary or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, is like, an atheist and it's, like, I'm, like, waiting, like, praying for his conversion or something. Or just, like, something's going on that it's, like, okay, there's a reason for this and 
there's growing that like maybe if I met them now they aren't the person like we would not have zero interest in each other it'd be like <laughs> like there's like there's some kind of growing and maturing that needs to happen and evolution like some evolving for on both of our ends that needs to happen before we meet each other and it works out mm-hmm. yeah and in the meantime your life doesn't start when you finally find your vocation it's already going on <laughs> yeah yeah well because I actually didn't get into as a 29 year old I'm only going to be entering my career shortly and that was something that came to me in my mid-20s what I wanted to do but I needed that time and the different experiences to even be like oh I would like to do that because I was in like other places before and so it did take me a little bit longer to figure out like okay I think I know what I want to do and it's still I don't know how long I will be in my career like in my field because I would at some point like to be a stay-at-home mom but I don't know when that will happen so for me everything is just if you ask me, like, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, just to live. <laughs> like, just to not die. <laughs> I was just saying, one thought that I had earlier, I remember reading an article several years ago. This is this is going back to the, the lottery comment where you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, like winning the lottery. Uh, but I actually read an article one time about people who won the lottery and it ended and up it ruined their life. <laughs> it ruined their lives. Yeah. And when you think, but you don't think about that. You think like that's the dream, right? To win mm-hmm. the lottery. Like, and I could wield the one ring. I could do it. But <laughs> <laughs> either they manage their either they manage their money poorly, or it you know they then they start you know then they find out who their friends are and who's just you know like trying to be selfish or greedy a lot of people who had won the lottery end up saying I wish it had never happened to me and that is just mind-boggling like and it just so it does go to show you know people dream about winning the lottery but you could win the lottery and still be so unhappy you could have everything in a different way (laughs) yeah you could have anything and everything that you ever wanted and it still will not be enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes the thing that we think that we need that's going to fix it is like not the thing that's actually good for you Mm -hmm. yeah I kind of I imagine a lot of people actually experienced something like that last year when all all of this um kicked off like in one week all of my plans big plans like my first trip to Europe I was going to go on a pilgrimage to the Alps and see the the passion play in Germany and all this canceled and then like even small plans like I'm going to start a garden in my backyard canceled because I wasn't going to work oh my god suddenly like I don't have any expendable money right now so that that's not happening and I was just crying at the breakfast table because everything canceled um including math from this point, like looking back on that year, I can't actually say that it was a bad one because a lot of good things happened regardless of like, they were, they were not my plans. These were not the things that I wanted to do or had hoped to do, but there were a lot of blessings during that year regardless. And I think that sort of like having the cancellations 
sort of like kicked me out of a rut and allowed me to experience God's providence in a more like kind of obvious way. <laughs> but it was it was actually a, a beautiful year in a very strange way. Yeah. I remember seeing somewhere back when back when we were like, oh we'll be locked down for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before it was going to be extended for much, much longer, a lot of people were kind of freaking out. Like, we're just going to not go to work. We're just going to yeah. not do what we've been doing. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm picturing like a hamster wheel. Like we have to get off the wheel. What do we do? <laughs> and but yeah. I think I saw a lot of people mention, you know, you have to look at how busy life gets where you're just constantly going, 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 the entire world came to a halt. And, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like suffering from that, but yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Like practical problems. <laughs> With these parents, you know, if you had a family, like they had time to rest. They had time to play board games with their kids. They had got to be creative in how <laughs> they tried not to go crazy while they were in a lockdown. Yeah. And that is that is a blessing in disguise to be able to spend because it just seems like everybody is so busy these days and it just gets it's like that hamster wheel that keeps going around and around and around and you don't really you just get into your routine and the and then you stop it stops the whole world stopped and they finally looked up and looked around and they're like well what do we have now Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I think all that to say you can find crappy things about any situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, and sometimes or you can find the beautiful thing about any situation you're in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good to strive for things. It's good to, um, yeah, to go yeah. On. still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. But you have to start from a place of contentment. It can't be like angsty or ungrateful. You have to see what you have and start from there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend that, um, hi, Melissa. I know you're listening. So we, she and I had a discussion about jealousy. She's married. She has two babies. And I was silent, like, she had listened to my discernments. And she was like, understanding the jealousy that I deal with and also sharing like the stuff that she deals with in her life. And it's just like a, such a good conversation about both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. And I was and she, and her recognizing her own blessings and then telling me about what mine were and also understanding like, Hey, I understand that you're jealous of this and mm-hmm. here are some of the struggles, but here's some of the beauty in it. And here's how you've made me grateful. My sister just announced that she is pregnant with her fifth child. And I was super happy for her, obviously. It was really hard not to get caught up in thinking about what her life looks like. She was married. Like, she is exactly called to be a mother the way. She's such a good mom. She's really good at what she does, providing a home for them and educating them. She homeschools her kids and she's mm-hmm. like, she like that's exactly where she needs to be that's Mm -hmm. exactly what she's called to do but 
married by mid twenties and, you know, starting like a family life, that's what I wanted. And I don't, obviously I'm not there yet, but if my plan would have happened, like, I just think about all the things that I've been able to do since I've moved away from home, since I've gone to be a nanny, the places I've visited, the people I've met, all the things that I have done wouldn't have happened if I had had my plan happen. I just mm-hmm. didn't think about Dr. Seuss. Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, the places you'll go. That can be our, that can <laughs> I think be I might title. need to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's getting canceled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to get a, get a move on then. <laughs> uh, is it um, wrong that that makes me want to read it more? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. I was just like, yes, I agree. I want to read it more too. <laughs> Give it to me, no. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like a good life philosophy could probably be patched together from like Mumford and Sons lyrics. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you need to learn to love the guys you're under. <laughs> Jenna, thank you for reminding me to listen to Mumford and Sons like a month or two ago because they're now like on my YouTube playlist, like the curated playlist by YouTube. And uh-huh. it, it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I was getting down to it last night. And yeah, you can jam to a banjo band. <laughs> yes, of course you can. It's folk. Folk is so easy to dance to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think that another important thing is like looking at your state in life and everything and, and trying to live it well is learning to cope with disappointments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw this one, I think it was actually on Instagram. I wasn't on Twitter yet. I've only been on there for a year. But, and look how many great people love that. I think oh my everyone's been on there for a year. <laughs> But yeah, I saw this post on Instagram where people don't talk to each other no, they don't. about um, how hope doesn't disappoint. And uh, from the you know the Bible passage, hope does not disappoint. And the, the way that they were reading it is that like, if you just keep hoping for the same thing, eventually God will acquiesce and give you what you hope for. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't really pan out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in, like in reality, like, like, yeah, he says, you know, keep, mm-hmm. keep knocking, keep praying and, and all of this and it's been um and the lord will hear you but it doesn't mean that he's going to give you exactly what it is that you're asking for and then you experience disappointment and you're like but the bible said hope does not disappoint and i think that the thing about that is that where did i read it It was frank sheed he was talking about the uh theological virtues and how they pertain to god so you have faith hope and and love so the prop they have a proper object the proper object of hope is god so when you experience disappointment, I think what it is is that you're put your hope into the wrong thing. You've put it in something other than God, and anything other than God is is less than God, and so it's bound to end in disappointment. <laughs> and I don't think that that means that you can't like desire things or you can't have like lowercase h hopes because come on English. <laughs> yeah, you just can't pin all of your your hope on it because it's a supernatural virtue. It's something that's given to you from the Holy Spirit, you know. And you're sort of mm-hmm. just planting it in the wrong soil. And of course, it's going to end that way. But yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, I think about, so my brother's married. He has a daughter. And he's, he's in grad school now. And um, his wife works. She's, she's lovely. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had that marriage and family. And then I think about what I'm doing in my life right now. And I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds really exhausting 
to add Mm -hmm. that into the mix. And then I'm like, oh, now I recognize how people are grateful that people, because I've married friends that tell me that they wish that they had been able to accomplish more things for, they love their family, but they see how I have the time to do things and sleep and other things. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is why I'm single right now is so that I can do grad school, this podcast. And then like later, then it's like, okay, I have the time now to do these things. And I'm not completely exhausted and anxious. I mean, I'm anxious about things and I'm exhausted sometimes because some reason I'm waking up at 7 a.m. every day of the, for the last two weeks and I don't know why. Yeah, that's late. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I get up at 7. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so it's like sometimes I'm like, okay, there's, there's reason behind this and I don't really know what it is, but... yeah. I have to respect my landscape right now and be like, okay, yeah. let, let's appreciate this. Let's appreciate what I have. Yeah. And that reminds me of, um, you know, where it says like, um, virgins have more time to like, like unmarried people have more time to devote to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then when you're married, then you're, 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 you're devoted to your family and everything like this. But yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of good that can be done in, in your, in your landscape. A lot of soil that can be, um, you know, Mm-hmm. tilled and things that can be planted and things that can be growing and yeah mm-hmm. yeah the downside is that I'm so independent <laughs> that dating is so difficult <laughs> <laughs> like I want to open my own door that's just like then I'm like okay wait let him be a gentleman if he wants to do this let's let's let him do this <laughs> but it's just like sometimes I'm just like this is just so awkward waiting because the guy's like going for the door you're like oh I'm just so used to doing everything myself and then having someone that wants to do these things for you. It's like, Oh, and then like these, these men that want to be gentlemen that like, are like, I don't want to say pride, but they're just like, they're very happy in their masculinity. And they're like, yes, I want to, like, I want to be a man. I want to treat you like a woman. Yeah. But uh, there are times where nannying a very, it's a very unique job. Because it does give me a little bit of a taste of what a family life looks like when you're the one, when you're the one in charge, or at least I am from eight to six most days. Yeah. But so yeah, it does not have its glamorous moments. It's really, really hard sometimes. And there are definitely times where at the end of the day, I'm like, do I want this for my life? If I get married and I have my own family this is what, this is what it would be like. Can I be happy like this? And sometimes I have a fear. That not being able to clock out at the end, you'd almost burn out. Yeah. Like this is something that I've always wanted, but what if it's not what I'm meant for? If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know, what if the reason those pieces haven't fallen into place is because that's not what God has for me because he knows that it won't be a life that I will find happiness or joy in. Hmm. Does that make sense? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think about how peaceful nuns are and I'm like, ooh. But then that's also like romanticizing these other vocations that there's also trials in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, even, even Mother Teresa lived her whole 
professed life in a state of darkness and despair Mm -hmm. and nobody knew yeah yeah but like back to like choosing that that good doing that the Mm -hmm. the hard thing sometimes I think that that's where like it's not just about your ideal Saturday (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's not life is not all reading poetry under a tree (laughs) yeah you'll make living I think it's important also to to make your weekdays good also and beautiful as, as beautiful as you can I think in those moments where maybe you find yourself unsatisfied with life with the way that your life is going where something seems to have gone wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how do you know when you need to rise up and make a change versus how you need to kind of accept and embrace that this is where you are and adapt yourself to the situation. For myself, I know if I'm not happy with how my life is going, my instinct is to change it. My instinct is to take action and Mm -hmm. change the situation to -hmm. something more fits my style. But when do you know to make a change or to adapt yourself to the situation? How do you know when to do that? Let's see. Well, the last big disappointment that I had where something went wrong was I was discerning the, um, the third order Dominicans. Like I, I love the Dominican order. Um, my first encounter with them was at a retreat at a convent when I was discerning discernment. And uh, the retreat was hosted by these two wonderful Dominican priests. And they just left me with this impression of a sanity and sanctity. And, and that was pretty early after my reversion. So that stuck with me this whole time. And then I found Pier Giorgio and St. Catherine of Siena. And I found out that they were a third order Dominicans. And I'm like, I want to follow them. I want to be a member of that branch of the family. Like, I really, really want this. <laughs> and it's good. So I want it. It's good. It, the possible, like, you, these are the things that you have to think about, like, if you're discerning something. Is it good? Yes. Do you want it? Yes. Is it possible? Possibly. Because the closest um, chapters in, um, it's three hours away from me. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. So it's a bit of a drive. And I actually contacted the Dominicans and I'm like, is community that important? Because it's really far away. And they're like, yes, it's one of the pillars. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll make the drive. I'll make the drive because I want, I want to be a part of this. So I started going to their, to their meetings. And what happened is that like uh, this was around the time of the Amazon Synod. And oh. a lot of the people were very disappointed that there were not going to be women priests. And I'm like, what's going on? So it was just a really, really disheartening experience. And I left the meetings just feeling really, really down. It was not at all mm-hmm. and confused. <laughs> like, 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 what is going on here? So, um, so I talked to a to a priest, um, this wonderful priest we had at the time who was helping our pastor or sharing the load. And um, he said, you know, that, that's part of what you have to discern is, is also the chapter because it's one of the pillars, because it's so important. You have to also look at the people that you will be with during, during that, that vocation because it takes five years before you're even allowed to be a member of it and they will be a part of your formation. 
So you have to discern that. And and I was right, right on the cusp of like, like I, I wanted to, to, to fight it. I wanted to be like, like, I can go in, I can fix it. I'm just going to keep on plowing ahead, like basically beating my head against the wall. <laughs> and then um, basically God said no, because, um, oh, hey, look, there's this pandemic going on. You can't go anyway. <laughs> so, um, so how I handled that um, disappointment was that I took what I could from it. And what I could take was, was the, the practice of prayer. That's when I really started incorporating the, the morning office. And now I'm up to the morning and the night office into my daily prayer life. And then, of course, like spiritual readings also. Just making sure that I'm feeding that fire with um, some truth and some beauty and some goodness. So, And then it happened that... Last year, I found out about the Confraternity of the Rosary, which actually spiritually ties you into the Dominican. So all of all of your prayers are are united with their prayers, and like you know, vice versa. So spiritually, I can be with them in prayer, and I can take those practices that I admired so much from them and work them into my life as best that I can. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> life is so cool sometimes. I think just remembering too that it's all a part of God's plan is so intricate and there are things that we incapable of being able to foresee and we can only get a small little section maybe Mm -hmm. compared to the grandeur of his will yeah yeah. And sometimes you get you get a glimpse behind the behind the veil almost. You get to see something of it and yeah. hmm Or you know how they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, yes. <laughs> oh, all the yeah. men that I'm so glad I didn't date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of them are very lovely, but it's just like, ooh, so glad you didn't like me back. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. And there are times where it just, you know, it will all make sense someday. Yeah, that's exactly it. You see that all of the, when you hit one of those moments where you really see God's hand in your life, you can look back and, and kind of recognize how all of those pitfalls and everything were actually like somehow leading to that. It's like, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what God's leading me right now, but he's doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and well even, you know, like, you know, the, the whole purpose of your life is, is union with God. Mm-hmm. So, so long as you're heading in that direction and go back to Frank Sheed, he says that during your life, there's like this oscillation mm-hmm. and you're like going back and forth between light and dark. And mm-hmm. then um, the idea is that you keep progressing along in the, in that relationship with God through the sacramental grace and everything that we've been given and your the oscillation will lessen and lessen until you're just pointing true north essentially well that's the goal (laughs) yeah to just to dialogue well any final thoughts before we move into the grounds to cover for this week yeah uh the last thing is that it's not about having just beautiful saturdays (laughs) but you can um make your your everydays good and true and beautiful and really practical ways I like St. Paul said, doing the, the good that you love and not that you hate, you know, <laughs> not the thing that you hate. 
um, and that's 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 really hard. So obviously we're always flipping and sliding and making mistakes, but it's just trying to choose the good, trying to choose the beauty, trying to increase that sum total of beauty in the world by how you live and what it is that you're filling your mind with, doing the things to the best of your ability in the moment that you're in. Mm, I love mm-hmm. that. I love yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Even if it makes you look weird, like <laughs> one thing that I do to try and make my, my weekdays beautiful is I, I recite poetry at work. I try to memorize some during the week and stuff. And I end up just muttering to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving index cards everywhere. But yeah, just just trying to be awake to that present moment because that's where the Lord is speaking to you. That's where he's calling you to follow him. Mm. And you can look back on your life and see how he has worked, but it's in the present moment that he is working. That's that's where you're where we live. That's Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Me too. That really sums it up. Yeah. That was a good nutshell. Yeah. (laughs) We've been talking for an hour and a half, but really that was it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving into grounds to cover, grounds to cover is just where we try to talk about practical things that we can challenge ourselves to do this week to try and implement what we talked about today, how we can use that to our benefit this week. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that we can do to try and live beautifully and live well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess count the blessings that we have in reality and not the ones that we wish that we had. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just be awake, <clears throat> awake to the, to the music that's in your life already. Yeah. Instead of the fantasy that you wish you were living in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe like even make a list if that helps you every day and make a list of all the beautiful things because you can find beauty, mm-hmm. beautiful things, beautiful moments. Yeah. If you and choose. if they're not there, make them there. You can create your own beauty and your own blessings. Mm-hmm. You can bake a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I had- In the show notes will be a recipe for two chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> It's a good recipe. (laughs) I had, I had shared a while ago about something I used to do. I, every day, instead of journaling, I would just split a paper down the middle and on Mm -hmm. one side, it said blessings and the other side said crosses. And I would go through the whole day and backtrack through and remember all the good things that happened and all the, the hard things that happened. Yeah. And I think that is something similar to that would be just make a list of every day like a gratitude examine exactly things that you that's can be cool. thankful for yeah and what's like like a practical way that you can like inject beauty into your life and share it yeah i would also say do something this week that is going to help you create your own beautiful moment do something for yourself that will bring you joy and it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be, I don't know, when you go to stop and get your morning coffee, grab a donut, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, do something small for yourself Mm -hmm. to help yourself feel joy, to give yourself a beautiful, good, good moment. Oh, Sarah, maybe you can make your weekend coffee on a weekday. 
Oh, that's a good idea. I have to get it early. <laughs> maybe I'll make some, maybe I'll bake some biscotti. <gasps> get yourself some flowers. I'm going to buy myself flowers. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such a good one. <laughs> that is. That I don't is- need a man to buy me flowers, even though a man is the one that gave me the money to buy the flowers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Flowers is actually something that I've, I've been doing recently. We go to Walmart and I just grab a bouquet of flowers and like, Part of me wants to keep them in my bedroom because it's my space, but I put them downstairs because it's the family space and I want to, I want to share that with them. So yeah, it's not, it's, it's not always just about, you can share your beauty. Like mm-hmm. you make enough biscotti, Sarah, you can share it around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you can mail it to us. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm really going with it. Well, I actually did think about like baking like brownies and different desserts and like mailing them to people that would be part of like a dessert tasting over Zoom and but just like making like bite sized like one bite things just <laughs> so people could have like one bite and it's like okay so, so- like, yes. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Jenna I like your idea of grabbing a blanket on a Saturday afternoon and take it to a park or find a sunny spot and just soak up the sun for a little bit just breathe deeply go for a walk and just enjoy nature yeah something new and beautiful and you might hear god speak to you in different ways yeah in the silence yeah a little bit of solitude i also have here make plans to do something off your bucket list oh yes you don't have to do something off your bucket list this week but make no you have to do it (laughs) Yeah, well, you can if you want to, but make more noticing. <laughs> yeah, pick something that you that is on your bucket list or something you want to do before you die, and either research it or try to see if you can make some plans to do the thing, whatever it might be. Do something oh, and try and make that happen. Yeah. When's, have you ever? Um, when's last time you guys checked something off your bucket list? I'm guessing your Ireland trip was one. Yeah, Mara. Um. I went uh, bungee jumping. What? Yeah, I was, I was in high school, so that was cool. Um, That's too hardcore for me. <laughs> I went to grad school and graduated from college. My bucket list thing that I checked off was running a marathon. <laughs> oh, that's something um, I want to do. Yeah, a couple of years ago. It was something I'd always wanted to try, and it always seemed crazy and impossible. And then a couple of years ago, I ran a half marathon for my 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, say goodbye to my 20s, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but it seemed like the thing to do. But I ran a half because the hole seemed crazy. And then I woke up one day in November, and I realized, like, everything was right. My work schedule allowed me to, to fit in the long runs. And there was a race coming up that I wanted to do. And I had the right base of fitness. So I started training with intention for that. And, you know, you run 500 miles in all weather over the winter because it's in spring. And um, so I did the thing. <laughs> That's so cool. Nice. It was. Yeah. Hmm. I think I did do something. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, I lost 50 pounds. That's Whoa, something that's I did. Wow. Yeah. I did that a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I had to take some more things off. <laughs> well, make some. I want to run a 5K. I want to run a 5K. I've never run a 5K. 
find a novelty one. <laughs> a novelty 5k i ran one where we had to wear powdered wigs because it was like washington's birthday or something and it was in a town <laughs> called washington and it was like the greatest <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so much fun well okay something beautiful to do this week <laughs> well thank you guys for listening today and go review us rate us and send us any emails or like contact us somehow if you have any thoughts or feedback for us Thanks for listening. And thank you so much, Jenna, for being on with us. We really appreciate you. I think you're right. I think a lot of people can relate to this, whether or not they realize it. I remember when you first brought up the topic, I remember thinking, what's in words? (laughs) (laughs) This feeling that I've had is in words. So thank you for for bringing up the topic and and discussing it with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks that. for having me. This is really cool. <laughs> this is really cool. We should do it again sometime. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, you guys. Have a good week. We'll be praying for you, and we'll catch you next time.